You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 463rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in the city beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you once again to brush up on your French because we need to start writing letters. You guys, it's a campaign week here at the yeah. Slow Ride Podcast, and uh, we are starting starting the week out strong. We're looking for 10,000 pledges uh, of people willing to write letters to the consulate, the president of France. I think, um, yeah. I think we started the consulate. Start small. Let them know it's a grassroots effort. This is not AstroTurf. This is the real fans of cycling. Mm-hmm. Um expressing their disappointment and concern that French panache is no longer going to exist in the Tour de France. Who will we say ooh la la to now? It's it's such a sad... I was so angry for like 72 hours this week um, <laughs> when I heard the news that um, Campy would no longer be in the world tour. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a bummer. I agree. I don't know the, if the French consulate's going to care about that, Tim. <laughs> okay. I think that's a foreshadowing for the second topic. So the first one, can we just talk about it? I was very disappointed, and I um, went through the seven stages of grief, and that was when they announced that AG2R is no longer going to have brown bibs. And I got to admit, there's a lot of haters that still exist in the world of brown bibs. I thought for sure... A lot of people were going to claim that they were on the brown bib train um, for a while, and they're not. There's a lot of people that were like, ugliest kit in the Peloton. And I would argue that the brown bibs are by far the best kit in the well, Peloton. Certainly, the though, most unique. after such an iconic look for years, for near decades of the brown shorts and just a... a statement piece of a mostly white top sometimes with the blue little diamond sparkles sometimes yeah. with the bold helvetica or whatever um they had going on surely they are going to do something exciting with the new kit and not just do like a black and blue kit like every other team in the peloton right yes for sure okay I, good i bet the one they have now is just their training kit i they're probably all faking us out Right? You think they're faking it? You think they're faking the brown no. bibs and that they're they're just like these are our black bibs that are going to look like everything else and a blue top that's going to look like everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean it so Decathlon took over title sponsorship. So it's now Decathlon AG2R Lamondial. Is that Decathlon and colors? The blue and black bibs? I I think so and the then they're using is, the certainly, yeah. they're using the Van Dessel um Team now, you may remember Decathlon did sponsor AG2R all those years ago. Forever they had, ago, yeah. Uh, well, they had the B Twin bikes, right? And then they, and now they're on Van Dessel um, clothing. But overall, 
you've got the decathlon team, but the, the sadness here truly is, is the Brown bibs. Now, as, as after I worked my way through the stages of grief, I realized I better go buy the AG2R like kit, like the, the replica kit. Yeah. So I went, uh, and I don't know who brought it up. It might've been friend of the podcast, Ryan Fisher. I'm trying to remember hit me up and he's like, you need to go buy that kit now. And I was like, that's a really good idea. So I went to procyclegear.com, which had like the official AG2R store. And I bought the jersey, pair of brown bibs, uh-huh. the cap, and the socks. I went full kit wanker. Wow. And first, it is the wow. first kit. Yeah. It is the first non-Endura cycling apparel I have bought in over uh, 10 years of employment. Yeah. And I'm a little weirded out by it. But I got to tell you, I can't wait for that thing to arrive on Friday because I will be rocking that on Saturday morning. And I am so stoked. It is such a beautiful kit. This is the Helvetica with a Citron um, across the uh, the shoulders. And I, I an icon is going to be lost. And I think we're going to look back at that kit in a few years and it's going to be recognized as what it really is. The most glorious and... Uh, progressive kit in the peloton progressive it's a legend no progressive it's a legend do you um you're gonna look it good it totally was progressive you're progressive. totally was progressive because no, you're right. it started i mean and it's so progressive there's only one instance of the brown shorts still existing well this is my point tim do you think now movistar have not released their 2024 kit this is the perfect uh-huh. chance they are poised to to upgrade the brown oh shorts god. from the gravel team oh my god. to the A team and steal some hearts. They're not going to do it because they love to disappoint. That is the movie star way. <laughs> yes, yep, that is the, that's actually a foundational tenet of their team charter. <laughs> um but can you now I don't want to get you too excited, but Nairo Quintana yes. in the brown shorts. Signed Tim. Oh, how are you feeling? My goodness. Yeah. Oh. And then, can you imagine if Valverde came back for like you know a guest ride? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, certainly. I'm back. I'd be so back on that. I just. What's amazing? I mean, so I had a couple people that reached out to me um, that said it was a flex for Decathlon to come in and put the black shorts on because then, like, what better way for everyone to notice? Because everyone's going to be going, "What team is that?" And I would still argue that you want people to know your team by. You know, like the New York Yankees are the New York Yankees because they wear pinstripes. Um, Sometimes. AG2R is AG2R because they wear brown shorts. And it was like bibs with colors are starting to go out of style because everyone has them now. You know what I mean? Like they've kind of run the cycle. It's amazing. Well, I don't know. I feel like uh, pro cycling kits as fashionable as we think they are <laughs> tend to lag behind yeah, the yeah. actual trends within cycling. So I feel like pro cycling is moving towards all black bibs. Like over the last few years, you know, we've seen um, the red lotto kind of adapt the black bibs for a retro look. And then, you know, other teams following suit and now all the way up fast forward to AG2R uh, shunning the Brown um, but I feel like that was taking on after the gravel private privateer movement of, of oh. several years ago when everyone was just wearing unbranded black 
junk to ride in. And uh, and now, if you look at the gravel scene, if that's the bellwether of, of the pinnacle of fashion for cycling, and I guess what other segment is there because mountain bikers are not fashionable um it's all it's all colorful bits right like they're all they are doing the brown um they are doing the earth tones they are doing all these colors the olive greens yeah Mm -hmm. and i feel like in five years the professional cycling peloton is going to be all over that but it's going to be over it's going to be dead so so here okay AG2R basically that, they have the chance to be at the forefront of fashion and again. they blew it. They blew it. So so can we so the the um two things real quick when I went on that uh, website to buy the uh, AG2R kit uh-huh. they were sold out sold out of a lot of things and other they, people what? were hit other people were hitting me up going like dude they're like you got the last pair of large bibs <laughs> And I was like struggling. I'm looking at it and I like, ooh, these are European. This is a brand I haven't heard of from France. It's probably four sizes too small for like yes. the, the Yeah, you're so gonna I'm be like, squeezed. So I went Sorry. with the largest boys. I'm gonna let you know how it goes. <laughs> the so- sausage casing uh, is gonna come out to play, but oh man, it's gonna be great. Um the I'm with you, Spencer. They could have been on the forefront, but let's uh let's do a quick uh memory lane. So we have AG2R. Okay. At one time, AG2R, as we do know, when it was the old decathlon, it had the real royal blue with the yellow kind of swoosh, and they had the blue shorts with the white side panels. Um, what are some yeah. other um, yeah. bibs? That was bibs a with, bad kit. What are other, like, horrible kit? And it had, like, the... It, it looked... Yeah, it, it had like that, like, squiggly... Crayon. Yeah. yeah, crayon. <laughs> it looked like those, like, uh, the that office cup... Um, a graphic that's like that teal with the, the pink yeah. crayon. Anyways, um, here's a question for you. Okay. What what are the top colored bib combos that we've seen? So Seiko famously had the all red. Well, mm-hmm. now like you're what just are some any, other ones? Any color or well, yeah, any color. Like, ooh, I mean, I guess I don't really know that many different from the jersey. Okay. Yeah, because like I, I think EF, if right? if we're going colored, yeah. They're the modern version. If we're going colored bibs, the greatest flex to ever do it is the all-timer, the Credit Agricole kit. The green. Credit Agricole. Agricole. With the green. The green. The emerald Did, green. Were the inner, the inner part green? decades. They were, or at least the ones I have are. Okay. Um, so you got Credit Agricole with green, and then they had... Did they run a white and green jersey, right? Yes. So that's pretty good. Yes. Um, and then the, obviously the Seiko, the aforementioned Seiko. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just, you know, there's just the lamprey kit for a while there had the, the purple, the purple bibs, I mean, the magenta. You that can't, pretty we can, we kit. can beat around the bush all we want, but, uh, the world tour Peloton again, outshined by, uh, by <laughs> domestic professional teams here in the U S with jelly belly having the oh. greatest cycling bibs ever, ever invented. That's a good call out Spencer. Thanks for a blast of the past with the jelly beans. The EPO jelly bean right over, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, great stuff. Uh, I, the jelly I would bean. think jelly like uh, the old Pulte kit, the, or the late 90s oh. was red with like the yellow, the the full uh, Richard Varant coming back from the doping 1999, mm. winning Perry Tours, <laughs> obviously not doping anymore. Climbers love Definitely. to win uh, Sprinters Classics. Almost every kit in the professional Peloton now is, is pretty much black. Save yeah. Gatorade. 
yeah. full Gatorade kit, all green with oh, the Gatorade on the leg. Those are good. That's good. Uh, never forget the foot on kit, the one season of the foot on. I do kit. forget That's... that. I forget it often, <laughs> and you continue to bring it up and yeah, raise well. that uh, repressed memory out from the annals of my brain, so, and I you guys, regret it every time. I, you know, there's a lot of good blue ones out there. You guys ever seen the Castorama kit? Okay. So, um, that, at this moment in time, I would like to raise a water bottle to toast AG2R of the glory days, RIP prior to 2023. A little, uh, and a, a they little are now on my in that water bottle there, Tim. Like yes, a Vec Gus. Yes. <laughs> yes, I am so, um, I'm so bummed. AG2R is my least favorite team right now. <laughs> um, I wish them nothing but the worst going into next season because um, I I had to make it's... a decision. I had to make a decision. What team am I going to follow now? Like, who is it? Oh, and it's, no. It's, you, oh, this I've is made a terrible. Choice. I've made a choice. You've made a choice. Okay, hang on. This This seems like a competition. Who can get it first? Little guy, you've got to guess. Where's Tim's heart going? Where's his heart going? I think he's slumming it. He's going to Jayco. Jayco, no. Wow. No, I've, no wow. not okay. at all. No, uh, he's I'm going not. St- I, I think opposite. He's going straight to the top. He's uh, anyone but Wout. He has Matthew Vanderpool all the way, and he's going Elpishan. No. That's good I choice. Am, uh, Makes stuff happy. I, I loved AG2R because it was on the forefront of kit design. <clears throat> I like so it wild. I like it wild and not mild, my friends. He's so I'm going. It, he's gonna hook it on to the Spencer bandwagon, and be all about uh, Intermarche Wanty. Oh, that's a good choice. Um, but no, I am a, <sighs> I am a, I'm I'm sinking the I'm, I'm selling out, boys. Uh oh. I'm, I'm I'm heading to Waterloo. I'm going with a little trek. The kit looks good. The yellow sleeves. The front looks way different than the back. You got a. The business in the front, party in the back. Um, I little Trek is going to be yeah. the, uh, the the team for next year based on that kit, and then also Tom Skunes. Now those are all good reasons, but I have another reason why you're going there, and I don't even think you fully realize this, Tim. It's a great kit. Oh. There's all the great riders on the team, uh, but today Car- cargo bikes, cargo bikes. But what I learned today. I mean, I didn't just learn this, but I was I was doing modeling <laughs> clay. I was doing modeling clay with little Tom Boone and Tom Boone, and we had this kit uh-huh. we were doing in it. And it said, if you want to make brown, take the red, take the yellow, and take the blue, mash them together, you'll get brown. Now, so I was tasked with squishing them and trying to get brown. Uh-huh. After I squished for a minute or two, I opened up my hand and looked the clay in my hand, and I just had the little Trek kit. Because the red and blue and yellow had been mixed just enough where I, I just had their kit in my hand, and it was great. And then, then when I did a little more, it became a psychedelic version. I never actually got to brown. But if you squeeze a little trek enough, mm-hmm. you'll eventually get brown shorts. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Interesting. So, okay. All right. I'm just, yeah, I just, uh, I, I guess I just sold out, guys. And, you know, I'm okay with it. I just... The yellow sleeves, I think, is what uh, does it for me, and then overall, the whole um, the whole setup of the the team, with the men's and women's side, it's it's where I'm gonna go. Mads Pedersen, 2024. The guy you'd never heard of when he won the <laughs> world championship. Mads Pedersen, <laughs> yeah. big time fan. 
Big time fan. Huge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Those are all. Wasn't pulling for they, MVP they t- at all. <laughs> they do have Bauke Malima still. Oh well, that's that's something. There you go. Yeah, you're gonna have Bauke uh, forever. Tim's, yeah, any Tim that any team that Tim's gonna be a fan of has definitely got to have a gray jersey contender. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> it's off the table. They gotta have a lot of gray jersey contenders on this team. Just to come think of it, so you got um, Tony Gallopan. He's just oh, moved yeah. into the gray jersey. He just He's retired. 35. He just retired, my friend. Oh no! Out of the game. He retired. Did, yeah. This is um, perfect. You're going into my retirement segment right here. This is great. You have, you have Edward uh, Toons. All right, well, little guy. What, I, I, <laughs> I think we need to quickly, though, uh, do a m- little memorial for Camp Ignolo. You mentioned it earlier. Yes. Uh, no longer in the world tour. End of How is this era. possible? How is it possible, indeed? There are... Are they just putting it all into uh, there are um, like, gravel? I don't know. There's about 52 teams uh, riding Shimano Dura Ace this year and three on SRAM. Um, (laughs) What is going on? Yeah. How has the FTC not investigated this? I feel like this is like a a monopoly here. Certainly. Yeah, certainly it is. Um, I don't know. How's there not a rotor group? But, uh, well, this is what I was going to say is, does this deflate Camp Agnolo to also ran kind of brand or does it elevate them <laughs> yeah, a good point. to the pinnacle of the sport? Like, do they fall into a category with uh, luminaries such as the rotor group? Rotor's actually still in the world tour group. though. <laughs> yeah. There's still rotor <laughs> cranks out the, there on people's bikes. The cranks, not the group. Not well, the group. but I don't think the group ever even existed. That's the thing is the group was all, the group was all vaporware. <laughs> I've seen it. In so real life, I touched it. Yeah, I've seen it and touched it. In no, 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 life. not at a trade show. Like on a I bike at a trade show. I know, okay, at a trade that's show. what I'm saying. They made one. I've only kit. seen a trade. Show. This is like when the Ruskies so, would fly the same bomber over the parade, and we'd be like, "They've got 50 of them. They only had one. There was only one rotor group, <laughs> and it went to all the shows. Uh-huh. You know, it's, okay. So this is. Uh, so your so your my take yeah. is I'm shocked that Campy isn't here, and Campy must be on the brink of. Um, going out of business spencer your take is actually this is a smart and bold business decision because you sit out bold. of the world tour. i don't know about i don't know about smart but it's bold. exclusive they're, 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 it can't be has already been going more and more exclusive to the point where like they're do their low group lower end like not even low end but like price point groups <laughs> even exist anymore like i feel like it's like record Art, chorus well then, record eps but, and like didn't they have some, all they, they made sell. an oem if they made an OEM these, play. If all who these, do they OEM uh, with? <laughs> yeah, right? Nobody. Ooh. Ooh. Literally nobody, nobody for 50 uh, years. Um, we've got all these boutique cycling brands, whether it's uh, you know custom frame builder or, or these little weird clothing companies that pop up and sell you a jersey for five or $600, like bibs for $1,000. Like Campy sees... That there is a cycling market outside of professional cycling, outside of the the world tour level of professional cycling, and they say these are the people that actually have money. You know who's watching professional cycling? A bunch of sixty year old dudes in Belgium who aren't gonna buy any of our kit. Let's focus. I am on shocked. The youth. I am shocked that. Um... There's not a world tour team on Campy. I am with you, Spencer. Though I'm not shocked that it isn't like 
I don't think it's the end of the campy brand yet. <laughs> I but I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I forgot there was a team on Campy in the World Tour because AG2R doesn't do a whole lot. Let's be honest. Yeah, I didn't remember they were on Campy. I thought Lotto was still on Campy, which I had to be. I, I was surprised. Was yeah. <laughs> no, and they jumped a couple, a couple years. years ago yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a it's quite yeah. the fall from where but they were. Some- a few even a few years ago and we were we were at that point bemoaning the loss that they only had had like a quarter of the peloton Mm -hmm. i feel like this is movistar's problem to fix because they were on campy (laughs) the longest of anybody yes and they jumped ship and they're all about doing the thing that doesn't bring them success and i feel like going to sram is basically the reason velverde retired like if they would have kept campy he would have stayed out we you know? famously talked about Velvardi's thumbs, yeah, and how we were concerned about his thumbs. Now, mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen a picture of functioning thumbs since he left. No, no, the team. No, can he even text? I don't Probably know. not. Yeah. I don't know either. He doesn't text me. Can there he even push go. in the syringe? <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, we'll we'll have a template up for our letter for the French consulate to fight back against this, uh, this I, um, anti-brown shorts movement that's happening in the peloton. It is. Um, so, within five years, will Campy be back in the world tour? No, 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 absolutely. We'll you don't think back. so? I think no. Micro Shift will have a have a group in the world tour before Campy's back in the world tour. I think that's correct. Yeah. So, who is the happiest with this situation? Campy. <laughs> I was gonna Probably. say the the, the <laughs> not, not not neutral support. Neutral around. support's probably pretty happy too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're Actually. probably pretty happy too. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, who I don't know. I mean, probably this makes SRAM a little worried too because you know it was probably nice marketing... to have somebody else to punch down on. You know, yeah. How much marketing budget can't be probably just saved themselves? Like we might actually see an advertisement somewhere. We should hit them up. Make yeah. a note of that. I, yeah, uh, do that. Um, I I am always curious why more bike shops don't push Campy, especially of high-end bikes and clientele, mm-hmm. because I can't think of a better thing than buy this complete bike with Shimano Durace, take the Durace off, sell it on eBay or whatever, and then buy a full Super Record kit for more money. Like, it's a brilliant play. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I and it's going to break all the time. One way to look at it, yeah. But it's I mean, br- it it's is... gonna break all the time. You got to come it back. Break it's all great. the time. If it... this is the, okay. you're the guy with the newest campy kit of all of us. What are you? And I love it. it if, for? I if... and I love my campy, but you gotta like you know gotta get it fixed. We have a lot of get bike fixed. shop What's owners broken? and bike shop mechanics that listen to this show. If anyone out there works or owns, <laughs> uh, works on bikes for a living or owns a bike shop, please write in and let us know if you like working on campy. Because I'm pretty sure we're not going to get any emails, guys. There's this is a no reason. one's worked on it. Yeah. A- A- yes. Yeah. Correct. I mean, it's not how. <laughs> if you're, I, I've heard that the the EPS was a total pain. Like the total pain. Yeah. But I never yeah. worked on it, and there's no chance I'll ever get it. So. Um, no. You know, whatever. The mechanical stuff's great. So. Well, why won't you ever get it? I don't want an electric group. You don't want. I've, why would you get electric? Campy is like the question. 
I wouldn't. I'm just saying I wouldn't get an electric group. I have no interest in electric. Hey, I have the e-car group, the gravel group. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's nice. It's like a one by 12. I, I thought you meant Prius awesome. when you said that. First. <laughs> like, I have an e-car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, okay. All right. This is, uh, so, so little guy, you talked about it earlier. Who's retiring? Well, Gallopin. I just I knew Gallup had retired. I say the big retirement this last week uh, was Kissinger. He was rumored to be going to Ineos, <laughs> uh, but even Ineos wasn't evil enough for Kissinger, so he sauntered off into the great beyond. Uh, that was all I knew. Wow. Uh, wow. Sam Sam I'm Bennett raise a toast to that one. Just, just <laughs> from it. one yeah. war criminal to another. Well, I mean, does Twitter even exist? It was going to just be a Twitter joke, but it, it barely exists. So. Um, now, I don't know anybody else that retired just right now. I saw that uh, Boston Hogan still doesn't, and Bognar still don't have contracts. Team Energy, mm. like, he, they must have been good friends with Sagan because they're cutting all the Sagan baggage out. And those guys are uh, <laughs> unsigned, which they seem like, for older guys, they'd be a pretty good pickup for a team that's low on numbers and needs, like, a, a strong guy to, to pad out the team. Oh. But... Uh, I'd say the big news was Sam Bennett moving to Bora this week. Or not Bora. Moving away no. from Bora this week. Yes. Um, and where is he going? Damn it. Now I forgot. He went to AG2R as well. Yeah. Um, that was the thing. That was the tie-in, and I like couldn't put it back together in my brain. <laughs> Who's going so to unfortunately, AG2R? Sorry? Sam Bennett is going to AG2R. Oh, yeah. I, that was totally lost in, obviously it was lost in my brain too. And mm-hmm. the fact that they got rid of the brown shorts is that they have a sprinter, which is a, a weird, uh, a weird thing for the French team. I, I don't know. If, well, I don't know what to think of it, but I think at least he's not dealing with Patrick. So. Yes. I think that is a win. Certainly for everyone. The oldest person on uh AG2R. Cause I'm looking to see what their candidates are for, um, great jersey larry uh-huh. warbass larry warbass well there 33. you go 33 yeah. he's the oldest person on the team well yeah and he'll be tw- he'll be 34 uh pretty soon well maybe in like five months uh, um you guys i got uh K- caitlin got me back in my facebook page i've been like locked out of oh, it no. for years yeah, and is this a good thing well it's a, it's a good thing because i needed <laughs> to get on this is a side i needed to get on the the Bicycle trading post so I could sell some kids' uh-huh. bikes. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, so, but one thing that allowed me to do was see, like, what pictures were on there. And, like, people had tagged me in pictures for the last, like, four or five years, and I'd never seen any of them. <laughs> and so yeah. I see all these, like, there's more pictures of me racing bikes on my Facebook page than I have in my possession in any way. Um, and it was interesting to look back and see youthful me bike racing and then see like immediately after my child was born bike racing and my face changes it it looks more pained <laughs> in every photo yeah. like every photo after uh tambuna tambuna was born my mouth is open <laughs> you can just see the I, fitness draining out of you <laughs> you could see it's gone um it's and like then i click back <laughs> like 2016 and earlier and i'm like well look at that guy looks looks like you might be able to go fast occasionally um but post that it's not even that i just know i'm not going fast it's that like you can see the look on my face is one of like why am i here what am i doing and who is this 12 year old in front of me ripping my legs off um the, but uh, it was fun the to eye see of the tiger was gone yeah it was yeah. fun to see and many of them were taken by a friend of the show jake uh helmbrick so um 
Thanks, Jake, for taking pictures of me and posting them on the internet, and I didn't know they existed. Uh, that's not, it's almost a good enough reason for me to try and log back in, but like you, I, mean, I haven't been on for maybe a decade almost. I haven't, at this been, point. I haven't been on in a while. Been a long time. A long, it's been a I long think the time. only reason really to be there is vanity and buying and selling things locally, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, Look, I quick question: Do we is Michael Woods signed anywhere? Yes, we had a clarifying email to this somewhere because we didn't okay. understand the joke okay. we, <laughs> when we had an email okay. sent in about this. But yeah, he's still on uh, Israeli Premier Tech. Which, speaking of jerseys, did you see that they were like issuing all blacked out training kits to their riders because uh, they were like there was concerns that they'd be attacked. Um, which I think I have to say like none of these riders have any care about any of the teams they ride for. <laughs> like, just remember, yeah. like, like, like as much as we make fun of like Ineos or like, like the teams sponsored by like, uh, other, uh, by countries with terrible human rights records. Like there's only like 12 teams. Like there's no options. Like you don't have an option to make a moral <laughs> stance as a cyclist, right. which maybe is like the moral stance is to not be a pro cyclist, but like, like, don't, it's not, I know they're, like, greenwashing, but at the same time, like, do, does anyone know what any of these things do? Just ignore the names of them. They don't mean anything. They mean nothing in reality, and, like, it's not the writer's fault. I don't know. Just don't be, hmm. I mean, don't Just be Just embrace dick, the, but. well, that's also why you embrace things like brown shorts on the team. Yeah, because at the end of the day, what's an AG2R? <laughs> I'm sure AG2R. Some sort of money like thing. Some, I don't know. It's like an insurance conglomerate. It, 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 yeah, sure. they've been a, a title sponsor in cycling Doesn't even through know the pinnacle of our fandom, like the entirety of it. And I still have no idea. For like 15 well, years, like, I have no idea what they I do. do. Miss, I do miss the old like insti- like industrial institutional sponsors like Lamprey being the... Oh, they make the sheet metal for washing machines. <laughs> well, those <laughs> like, are oh. great because you're like, it's so weird that you're even, you're, you're doing any sponsoring work. Like, I guess you can buy Mappe grout, but like. Yeah, it's like classic. It's like, oh, yeah. Where's, there's no crossover. Right. I don't know. Well, let's get into yeah. this week's premium lap because we have an overflowing uh, inbox. So let's check in with this week's correspondent straight from the gravel peloton, of course, Alejandro Valverde in this week's premium lap. Champion, Marcel Meisen, and I don't listen to your podcast. Thanks. All right, guys, here we are in the pre-map. Shout out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more about our network and our family of shows. We'd also like to encourage you to head over to Cyclocross Radio to hear Bill, Zach, and and Mike talk all about professional cyclocross from both here in the U.S. and worldwide as the World Cup season picks up steam hmm. for the 2023-2024. Holy Week is around the corner, boys. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to watch it without getting a virus <laughs> on your computer. So uh-huh. just do what I'm probably going to end up doing, which is checking a couple highlights on the internet and then going over to Cyclocross Radio and, and actually learning what happened and getting the rundown because it's almost too dangerous to try to watch these things until somebody tells me how to do it. 
Um, I'm just going to stick with the safety of Bill and the boys. Definitely. Definitely. That, it carries extra weight when little guy's talking about, uh, yeah, safety on the computer and, you know, not downloading um, items with his PC. And I'm sure he's just like got all types of pop-ups coming all the time. So this I'm big, nervous, big man. I mean, I've been searching well, I, I'm all not... week how to do this and nothing's coming up. <laughs> so the, I, th- I think the easiest, um, a couple of our listeners have talked about it in the past is just to get a VPN, right? And then put the VPA into, into you know, UK or whatever, UK corner and, and watch on YouTube or whatever. So that's that's one way you could do it. Um, I also am not giving up the ghost that G like while GCN is going away, I bet there'll be a pretty big announcement come like Jan one on that uh, discovery plus app is going to be taking over all those GCN contracts. Cause they own the like, GCN was well, owned by discovery riveting information, Tim, that is valuable to our listeners right now. <laughs> we do need to encourage them to, instead of spending money on a VPN to go ahead in this holiday season, <laughs> this season of giving, yes, head over to yes. wideanglepodium.com and consider hitting that donate button and helping out your favorite podcasters eat you know what? and survive in this hard, cold world. Segway Spencer came through and re- put us back on track. Thank you for saving the show, Spencer. You know, I do it every week, but sometimes it's not as obvious. Well, let's get... Week. Let's get back to the show, shall we? I'm Heinrich Hausler, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Broadcast. All right, guys, here we are. We have an overflowing inbox. I'm just going to start um, getting going here. The first one comes to a slow guy. I don't know if you notice this, but in fact... Um, a few weeks back, we got a pain cave submission from Ryan Carnahan, um, and then Ryan uh, proceeded to, t- I, and I made a joke that Ryan was from Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, he said, I don't live in Dubuque, Iowa, but rather Iowa City, former home to Jingle Cr- Cross. May it rest in peace. I thought you might enjoy knowing that my team, Goose Town Racing, is title sponsored by none other than your favorite local food co-op, New Pioneer. In, in, uh, in addition... To bike Iowa City and other local businesses. Cheers, Ryan. Little guy, why is the new Pioneer Food Co-op your favorite co-op? In a you come from the and land mine. co-ops. Like, ha, yeah. like how is this the one? Maybe it's because of the context always, but this is why you finished Jingle Cross. You've just done three days of Jingle Cross. Well, or, context, little guy. You finished Jingle Cross after Thanksgiving at its proper date. Yes, at its the end of the season. That's true. I'm talking. Yeah, it's true. People are thinking of the, the warm weather one. That's not the same. It has been cold. It has been miserable. You've done three days. You were completely destroyed and exhausted. You drive immediately to the new Pioneer Co-op. You Mm -hmm. buy as many cinnamon vegan cinnamon buns as are in the case. Mm -hmm. You also get yourself. uh, They had some sort of tofu Cajun. They had the deli sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, they were good. you get in the car and you just pig out the whole way back to Minneapolis and it's the best meal you have all year long. I don't it's meal true. is a strange thing to say because you eat, it's mostly cinnamon buns. It's all garbage, yeah. And it's great. Uh, it was it was just the it was the cap 
on the season, on the cyclocross season that we all needed totally. um, to get us to power through those last few uh, pain cave sessions. So it really is synonymous with the pain cave in that way. Um, that you know, you, that's what the suffering is for. It's for vegan cinnamon buns. Yeah, it was. It was really a good payoff and way to end end the year and just um, like you got to start the off season right. Some people like to get <laughs> blasted. <laughs> I like to mm-hmm. blast myself with cinnamon buns. So that's what they do. <laughs> 16. <laughs> this email comes to us from Jeff <laughs> Diefenbach. Okay, he likes to blast his buns at the end of the season. <laughs> how about, Jeff Diefenbach writes, how about upstart American Scott Happy Funball Funston taking, what's that, 16th at the World Cup in Dublin? Uh. The kids going places. We did mention this last week, but Jeff, thank you so much for this submission. Incredible, yeah. Happy Fun Ball. It's a pretty good nickname. The old Fun Ball. Yeah. The old Fun Ball. Um, did you uh, uh, did you both see the Pain Cave submission that we got from Tom Sedlak? Now I'm definitely going to put this one up, um, and I the, the the images here are fantastic. Uh, the first thing you notice when you uh, take a look at this uh, fun cave, uh, pain cave, it really is a fun cave, is that you've fun got cave. a giant, you got a giant bag of Swedish fish on the uh, the Rubbermaid shelf next to the bike that's on the trainer for Zwiftland, mm-hmm. but you also have a full drum kit. This is not the first drum kit that we have seen um, in these pain caves, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's overall a pretty good looking um, kit, but in the thing that stuck out to me is when I was uh, looking at this, uh, my my three year old walked by because I was I was zoomed in in the background. There are a fair amount of trucks um, sitting in the back, like like toy trucks. Um, so a lot of Hess vehicles. You guys should take a look at this. We got uh-huh. shelves and Hess, shelves yeah. and shelves of Hess. There's a Hess. Uh, um, uh, helicopter. I don't know exactly what Tom uh, does, but my get. Oh, it's Tom Sedlacek. Thank you for the pronunciation. Hi guys, relatively new to the podcast. I'm not as clever as most of your listeners, so here are a few picks from my basement in Fleetwood, Pennsylvania, just 20 miles from Trexler Town. Uh. the legendary velodrome that is the heartbeat of American track racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm liking it, uh, Tom. If you want to get offload some of those uh, some uh, trucks, uh, kids' trucks, uh, to send it my way. Holidays are around yeah, the corner. And, and if you're uh, ever looking to offload any of the Swedish fish, send them my way. Oh, Swedish fish, top three candy. Yeah, and we'll um, we'll keep your email on file for when Trexeltown comes around, and we'll just send a list of things we're all looking for. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, do yeah, you yeah. go, Tom? Do you go to the Trexeltown bike swap? That's the question. The second one is. I've been talking about it. I think I'm bringing a bike swap to Florida. It will be happening, so keep your eyes open. But in uh, November, you guys, you're welcome to come down, Spencer, little I've, guy. It's I've got I, my I, finger hovering over the buy button on some flights. I'm just waiting for those dates to be announced. Okay, because I've got free lodging. Put you up in the old uh, in the old uh, basement, um, CrossFit. Uh, I'll get some lodge. I'll get some lodging. That's I've heard fine. about your basement. <laughs> What do you mean? What's that supposed to be? Uh, it's just nothing. Don't worry about yeah. it. All right. 
You guys may remember a few weeks ago when uh, we got an email from uh, Andy Luke, who was basically sent us the the bike that had the Spinergy wheels. Like yes. there was a pain cave that had the sweet hmm. cutters bike that had the Spinergy wheels. This yeah. thing looked pretty good. I'll put this one up on the old Instagram again. That uh, you will be shocked to find out that there is giant holes um, in the actual carbon of the Spinergy. Uh, meaning that uh, this thing is definitely not uh, safe to ride. It may actually be one of the recalled um, um, bikes, but that's just uh, that's just where it's at. So um, those uh, Spinergy wheels, the unroadworthiness is twofold. The brake track is delaminating from the carbon. Mm-hmm. This will be especially fun explosion when putting down all those watts, so my avatar can move just a little bit faster on Zwift. Perhaps better than burning through a tire on the trainer. But the unnerving hole in the rear rim, don't get me wrong, I have a feeling it was ridden with this hole. But let's face it, these things are being ridden when we all thought that Texan riding for Postal was the best thing for cycling. So best not to tempt fate. I'm still here spinning around the drain trying to get back to peak Andy. So I appreciate that. Um, It's a good looking bike. But uh, stay off the spinnergies. Hang them up on the wall. They are uh, an art piece that should be appreciated, uh, not not written. No, and, and they were since day one. But you know, as so, a, as a as a former Spinergy Revex owner and rider, eh, put them on the wall. It was some, <laughs> yeah. But Andy, you know what? Solid cat inclusion, which was uh, 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 fantastic to see. Uh, Ryan Carnahan. You asked for examples of discrimination against cyclists. This op-ed by a transportation safety researcher and cycling advocate, Kara Heron, highlights that crosswalk laws, crosswalk laws often protect pedestrians, but not other crosswalk users. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been having hella problems in the old crosswalks in the neighborhood. I, I'm just I nervous walking outside of crosswalks. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. I look crazy. Um. Hey, I went for a, a ride today, little guy. Uh, and Spencer, do you, have inflatables taken over the holiday decorations in your area? I would say yes, but not at the scale of the picture I saw you post. I, <laughs> there are a did, lot of them, but Florida does it bigger. So I have yeah. seen yards that have had 50 to 60 inflatables in it. But today I saw something that I have never seen before. It was the equivalent of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It was a Santa <laughs> Claus that was at least, this thing must have been 35 to 40 feet high. Um, wow. Got a sweet picture of it. Um, I'll put it on the old uh, uh, Slow Ride Pod Instagram account. Um, but yeah, it was it was the biggest thing I have ever seen. Um, I, got, I, I took a picture and, and- of it for my bike for scale. This is coming from uh, a podcast of of fellas that grew up with the with the Metrodome uh, in their downtown. <laughs> like we we know about large inflatable things, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so for Tim to be floored by the size of this thing is truly impressive. So we got a uh, we got a good email here from Dan. Uh, terrible present challenge. Hey guys, with the holidays around the corner, cyclists prepare for incoming gifts from fen- friends and relatives. As we all know, most of these gifts. <laughs> fall flat or useful to a ref or relevant for a cyclist. Now I pose you guys the challenge who can build the worst bike for the other hosts. Does little, does little guy get a bike built after 1980 is the super rookie gifted a fully assembled bike. Will Spencer gift be gifted a rail bike. Good God. 
Let's see who knows their compatriots the worst or the best. Thanks. Love the show, Dan. All right. It's good, Dan. Uh-huh. I like it. I don't I, want I'm that. just trying to I'm trying to think, well, I, I was just going to get you a functioning bike, little guy, to be honest. Oh. Like any bike that, oh. that, that can shift. Shots across the bow. That's a um, Campy EPS may actually be pretty good for a little guy right now. Any electronic shifting bike. Oh, um, terrible. But it's got to be one of the old, it's got to be the old shifting, uh, electronic shifting when Shimano no, first no, no, came no, out no, and no. the battery pack was the, massive. The perfect bike to get a little guy for this challenge is the Moots e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> Everything yeah. about that is the worst. Yeah. And yeah. completely anti-little guy. It's... Yeah. All right, I mean, so I'm not little guy gets the moots as best. I gotta say the retail, the resale value is probably still all right on that. Yeah, but you're not gonna so re-gift. You're, you're not gonna re. That's a gift from the heart, little it's guy. A gift. Yeah, you can't re-gift what we gave you. Wow, that's you'd be fired from the podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be more financially lucrative than the podcast. <laughs> probably true. So, all right, little guy gets the moots express. What are we getting, Spencer? Mm-hmm. The rail bikes. A solid idea. I mean, I know Spencer's it's a solid no idea. part of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know. Yeah. But what about like a bike touring bike is the only other thing I could think of. Like, but he's, he can only get it when he's doing a tour. Like there's gotta be a yeah. stipulation. Cause I, I think touring would be the one thing that's, I think we could convince Spencer to get on a rail bike. Oh yeah. I, I, I would like, try a rail bike. I like, like, do not want to own one. Yeah, but no. I would certainly. Well, try. no, but you definitely like. We could all go to Portsmouth, Rhode Island, where there's a rail bike um, center that they're popping up all over the country. I don't think Spencer will ever want to do bike touring with Paneers. No, and it, like no, I no. and I think absolutely not. I think that's where I would go. Is something that is just fully loaded, mm-hmm. front and back Paneers. It's got. Be um, sure, Tim, to include like a tent and sleeping bag and all that oh. shit. Oh, you got the you got that weird that. you got the rear they got the weird um saddle bag or the saddle bag that comes way out that's like three extra feet um of storage uh, where, where you roll up your uh it's your, terrible. Your sleeping I'm, mat I'm, <laughs> I, i'm sweating this is terrible uh, you have a lot of bikes do you even own a bike with fenders anymore because i imagine if it rains you're just not there's the chance of you going out on a bike <laughs> maybe, maybe I, a cargo bike has fenders huh I own like three sets of full fenders, but I don't think any of them are on any bicycle. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And for Tim, what are we getting Tim? I mean, I think the perfect bike for Tim already is the fact that he has a bike in a box and because no one's (laughs) together for him. It's pretty good. No, it's been built. You're going to ride it. It's it's been built. Here's the thing about Tim is he has... Everything stupid that I would want to get for him, he's already bought for himself. Like some weird old vintage bike you would think would not be up his alley, but he bought one. It's still in the box, but he's got it. And I I was thinking, oh, just, you know, just to grind in that he's not peak Tim anymore. Maybe you get him like his old messenger bike with some (laughs) some stiff gearing on it. No, he already bought that. So what do you get? What terrible bike do you get for the guy with every terrible bike (laughs) is the question. And I the answer, I think, BMX little guy. Yeah. No, he wants that. He wants that. Um, I think the answer is you get him. You you get him the bike that he can't ride that will frustrate him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's got to be. And this might be pushing the tape. 
You get him a unicycle. Oh, yeah. I oh, I can learn that. that. I can so? learn that. Yes. Would you, though? Yeah, you would do it. You know what? Maybe, and if any of our listeners have a... makeup along with it. The unicycle, just send him a... <laughs> The clown makeup. There you go. I will. I would love to learn how to ride a unicycle. Absolutely. Uh, next time. Next time you're up here, Tim. Love a it's like unicycle session. He's like the Terminator of bad ideas. Like you, you keep throwing stuff at him, and he keeps taking it. And you're like, I got him this time. And he just like emerges from the flames, and he's still he coming it his at own. you. Yeah. He, uh, it's, it, it like it mutates. You think you think these things will hurt him, but they make him stronger. <laughs> They do. They make them stronger. Says next email comes to us from Ben Slute, the slow ride trifecta. Gentlemen, when I graduated college, I moved up to Minneapolis, St. Paul to work for beer, money, and hot dogs while riding a flip-flop hub on, only on the single-speed bike because fixies were for the smelly bike messengers downtown. That's us. That was us. That was us. Maybe yeah. we were there. A few years and cities later, now I reside in western Massachusetts, rolling around in my Hell of the West replica leader's jersey, perpetually putting off my hill repeat workouts on Mount Tom in Holyoke, Massachusetts. There you go. It's time to hang up my short sleeve Adirondack and head, <laughs> and, and head to warmer climates. I'm completing the slow ride trifecta and moving to Orlando, Florida. Oh my goodness. I, I swear I got a job and I'm not just relocating to Orlando on a vague report of untapped used bike goodies from the retirement community. And I can't wait to melt down a few used melts to create a, a few, a few used moots to create a super bike. Instead of prioritizing things like my spouse's career, my children's education, or even my own commute, uh-huh. Tim, can you recommend a neighborhood with a great little bike shop or, um, or keep my, to keep my gear finely tuned, I'd really like a town with a school with a closed road in front so I can get some free portraits of me on my new bike. And do you want to get together for hill repeats? So challenge with get together hill repeats. Um, just meet me on the overpass. <laughs> it's pretty, it's right there over I-4. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, let's definitely go uh, ride Ben from Lincoln, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago, Naperville, Lynn, Boston, Holyoke, Southampton, and soon to be Orlando. Wow, that's quite the move. Um, yeah. Orlando's great. Uh, I'll hit you up on email, but you know I'm I'm real privy to the city proper of Orlando. So anything around uh, like Colonial Town is fantastic. Um, just don't go to Winter Park. It's the Edina of uh, Orlando, and it's Ooh. just yeah, you, know, you drive to it, but you you don't want to live there. It's the it's the Amherst of Western Mass. You know, is that what it is? Yeah, it's the uh, I don't even know what many uh, what St. Paul's equivalent of that would be. It's a Dida, right? Yeah, it's still Hi- a Highland. The St. <laughs> Paul doesn't... Even the St. Paul suburbs that are a little fancier only have like little little chunks of them that are fancy. Yeah. It's the yeah, Sunfish so. Lake. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. There's only like 12 people huh. in Sunfish Lake. Though. That's why hey, man. So I, I love Orlando. There's some good bike riding around, but it's definitely mostly group rides. Um, but yeah, you know? Welcome, welcome to the city, beautiful. You're gonna find out why it's so fantastic. <laughs> it's it's impressive uh, to do the the whole the whole slow ride. Uh, yeah. City tour. Yeah. Plus adding in a few X. Ex- well, no, Tim lived in Chicago too. Holy. Yeah, cow. you got you got Tim a couple times. You got me a couple times. I'm not sure if you got little guy more well, than once. Look, look, has anybody have any of us we lived in Nebraska? Lived in South St. Paul or Maple Grove. So. Yeah. Who's who's lived the closest to Nebraska? 
Florida guy, you right? Uh, like, because you've done like I Missouri, mean, I right? I mean, I've been no. in Nebraska. Well, yeah, I've been. I have been there family too. in Nebraska. Does that count? Yeah, there you go. All right, there you go. There it is. All right, real. All right yeah. got it. <laughs> got it in one. <laughs> Leif, Leif writes us point of clarification. Good evening. I don't live in nor am I from Toronto. You may be mistaking me for Canadian Nordic Olympian Len Vejas, who I actually mm. beat to two consecutive Southern Ontario Midget Skier of the Year titles, not through skill or ability, but superior attendance. I was, as noted previously, born in the host city of the 2003 World UCI Worlds, Hamilton, Ontario. Happy riding from the west of the GTA. Um. What Leif is bringing to me that I think is actually important is that I do think that we don't give enough credit to people that just win the rider of the year or the, um, you know, competition of the year just by showing up to all the races. The oh, attendance. Yeah. Oh, that was my oh, yeah. like, whole strategy. I one year did a time trial to finish the road season in Minnesota just because as long as Spencer didn't beat me by like more than five or six spots i would beat him in the rider of the year i did you basically had to finish ever i just had to finish this thing i'm a bad time trialist i never cared about time trials no reason i would have gone but i knew we were so close in that rider of the year competition and i just i couldn't let it go i had yeah so you know it's important And i was like well i gotta do the time trial of my life to beat him by enough spots to uh you basically had to be like I would have had to win and you would have had to been finished, you know? Yeah. But I couldn't, I, to, I couldn't win. Yeah. I was but not I, going to win. I will admit I was a little nervous out there. I'm not I a tried. time trialist. I've done very few and my gambit would have backfired spectacularly. If you had uh-huh. come by me, put five minutes into me, <laughs> and, you know, like <laughs> that's it. I'm out. Um, so uh, it was a chance I took. I could have just said like, Oh, you know, the better man won, but I, I, I uh, you, yeah. No, I'm so happy that you showed up because you'll always be able to hold that over. Um, Spencer, uh, this Super week, important. did you, uh, we did put on the Instagram, Spencer, it was your request. Our listeners provided, this one came to us from Sean, uh, Carol. Did you see this, the cat watching cyclocross on our oh, old Instagram? Of course. All cats love cyclocross. That's a common known fact obviously but um yeah our cats also very much enjoy cyclocross trying to trying to encourage the foster cats to really understand it but they're kind of like cat fives at this point they don't totally grasp the idea that they think it's kind of cool got an email from andrew quad 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 trapped we were recently visiting some of my wife's relatives out of state for thanksgiving They had a little welcome care package waiting for us that includes a stack of early 90s bicycling magazines for my reading pleasure. Oh. This short on the pedal craft quadrapped immediately jumped out to me as little guy special. I also tried calling the number to order some splat decals <laughs> and the automated system and the automated system asked if someone in my household was 50 years or older. So maybe they're still in business. Thanks for the great pod, Andrew. <laughs> includes the includes what? a uh, a picture of this contraption. Yeah, what is it? Quadra wrapped or whatever you're saying. It's basically it's basically a recumbent. Okay. But it's a hand cycle up top 
and then it's got the bicycle on the bottom. So you all four of your um, arms and legs combined, two arms, two legs, uh-huh. yeah. are moving at the same time while staring. <laughs> so... Are you moving them opposite each other, you know, like like a cat would walk through snow? Or are you, like, doing some Ooh. weird crab move where you're, like, all four out, all four in? Because that sounds incredible. I would love to see somebody uh, riding that down the street. I mean, this is this thing is amazing. I just sent it over to your inbox so you can check. Um, but this, I don't know how you would really do this. Um, and it cost... Twenty nine hundred dollars uh, in nineties money in, in nineteen ninety three. Uh, it weighs forty one pounds, which obviously makes the hills challenging, but it's still a blast to ride. When your legs and fa- when your legs fatigue and your arms kick in and vice versa, which is extra tiring at first, but feels natural with practice and definitely boosts your speed. Oh, so the way you're actually supposed to ride the pedal craft. I would call this, it seems like the way that you should ride it is, you know, you, you, you don't use your hands until like you need a little extra boost. It's the E assist. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, you should, you should check a look at it. Um, but, oh man, there's some really good stuff in this advertisements. Yeah. I, one of my favorite messenger pastimes certainly wasn't making any money or doing much work it was going to the library and reading well magazines. i remember always fight i remember always finding you in the bards and noble uh looking at all of the bicycling magazines as well so yeah, yeah you're always uh, great so andrew I'll thank you so time. much for the contribution this is amazing what a smoking deal um what do you think the oh uh, yeah well never mind terrible bikes colby large once again, hey gang, hoping your loyal listeners fill the mailbag full enough that we don't have to endure any more Nordic corners. It's funny, and I'm sure we'll add many trash-talking messages. It's December 1st, so I was doing my the annual under-the-stairs crawl on my knees to get the Christmas stuff out. Mm-hmm. It came across a shoebox full of old pictures. Listening to you all talk about the old bikes that you used to own, I thought I would send a picture of likely my most ridiculous bike I ever owned. This thing is a her- hilarious. Keep in mind, I was working for Gary Fisher, answer at Manitou, Hayes, and Atlas at the time. Hence the hilarious jumble of parts. Also, keep in <laughs> mind, this was early 2000 in the Mecca Freeride, and I was living in BC where it all began. We had no Freeride bikes to sell, only these bloody, terrible XC race bikes. Anyways, it made me last and thought the three of you would get a good chuckle. So that one is now coming to you in your inbox. Um, so you can uh, take a look at this just monstrosity of a Gary Fisher. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. I haven't even seen the picture yet, but it just the brand names listed there alone is enough to just build an incredible bicycle. I do see time ATAC pedals, so it's already fantastic. But the, the Cane Creek um, shock that's on this bad boy and the, uh, I mean, this thing, this thing yeah. is amazing. Um, oh, so good. Anyways, do you guys, did you guys like that old Gary Fisher design? I mean, I know we're not like big full time, uh, full suspension folks here, but are you big, uh, do you like the um, what what do you call that type of suspension that's on this bike where it comes on the uh, it's like a piston, on the uh, down tube, suspension, 
Yeah. All right. Well. I mean, that's pretty. Com- I mean, it's still pretty common. The setup's not that different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just got that weird like uh, um, bend <clears throat> in the top tube. Yeah, I feel like Specialized borrowed that from them. Um, but that's not in my business. No. Um, <laughs> it's an incredible bike here. Uh, definitely uh, got this. It's got a weird. It's got a weird uh, downhill slash commuter vibe to it, you know, like not that it was a commuter at the time, but that you see commuter bikes these days kind of look like that, like the uh, department store bikes. It's uh, it's sad how things have have gone. Well, boys, I think we're getting to the end of the uh, inbox for this week's podcast. I do want to give a quick shout out, um, little guy, to your friend A., um, who uh, the tires were mailed on Thursday and they should arrive in five to seven days. So maybe by the end of December for your tubulars and does want to say yeah, that um, as far as payment goes, you can pay them out of your race winnings oh. or, buy, or buy them a beer if they meet up in uh, for the Montreal GP slash world's weekend in a few years. So there you go. I'll definitely buy you a beer. Uh, yeah. Don't hold your breath on those race winnings. So yeah, I'll, I'll get you another way for sure. <laughs> but I'm ex- I'm excited uh, to glue some tubulars. Uh, cross season's only 11 and a half months away. <laughs> All righty. And with that, we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com. You can find out more about our bevy of shows. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music that we feature every week on the podcast. Find us on Instagram and Twitter and threads at the Slow Ride Pod, where we're featuring all types of pain cave submissions and sweet bikes shared with us by our listeners, who email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. And we'd like to thank for the overflowing email bag. We try to get to everything, and it keeps the lights on during the winter as we wait for bike racing and bike season to return. And let's never forget the wonderful brown bibs that fueled our passion for cycling for the last 15 years. This is Tim in the city beautiful of Orlando, Florida. Matt in the city beautiful Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in the city beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Oh, okay, let's try this again. A. G. Two. R. Good morning and welcome to episode four, I believe, of Nordic Corner here on the end of the slow ride podcast and maybe someday soon to be its own podcast uh yet another week goes by this is nate chenenko in rochester new york yet another week goes by where i fail to receive feedback about the podcast from the actual slow ride podcast i did however receive a very nice email uh passed along to me from leif who also has quite the connection to the rochester new york area so this is about to be a western new york centric nordic ski podcast uh, updates this week from the World Cup in Yalavare, Sweden, way up north where it's light for like four hours a day. Also, I'm pretty jealous about that. Uh, 
I don't think that I add any value as a commentator on the actual skiing, just like the slow ride podcast does not do a lot of whole like race recaps. Uh, this weekend was pretty exciting though. There was a 10 K individual start, which is kind of like a time trial. Um, and just about as exciting to watch in my personal opinion, I would rather watch a mass start than a time trial. Uh, but also it was made better by the fact that on Sunday there was the four by seven and a half kilometer relay. And that one's cool because they do separately for men and women, of course, but the, they do the first two legs are in the classic technique, which is like the more traditional striding. It looks like you're running on snow, running and gliding on snow. Uh, that's the first two legs. And then the second two legs are in the skate technique. The U.S. women did pretty well. They finished third. And the U.S. men had their best ever overall finish of a fifth place. That's the best men's relay performance like ever, I think, on the World Cup or at any sort of championship. Uh, interesting thing to note, though, the name of the region in Sweden is Yalavare, not Galavare or Galaver. Um this was sadly missed by the announcer on ski and snowboard.live, who I'm sure I will just be torching any chance we ever had of a premlap sponsorship with them by what I'm about to say here. But the announcer is literally dreadful. First of all, it's one guy at a time. It, it reminds me of like the old Ant McCrossin days, pre-GCN, like pre-Jeremy Powers, when Ant McCrossin would call uci world cup races for cyclocross on like the uci youtube channel by himself except he's actually a pretty good announcer this announcer it honestly appears like he i i, I fully appreciate that he's waking up at like four o'clock in the morning to announce these things from the east coast of the u.s but my goodness it is dreadfully bad and it's almost even worse than like the typical slow ride podcast mispronunciations where like to your minimal credit you almost always manage to say the letters in the name that exist, even when you mispronounce them. Um, but this guy that they have doing it for ski and snowboard.live, he just puts in random letters. Like, I don't know what is going on with him. And I am generally like fairly charitable to people who maybe he's got like, you know, a, a trouble reading or something, but this is also his job. I assume he's being paid and it's, it's terrible. Specifically, the guy that he really struggles to pronounce, his last name is Nyenget, which is spelled N-Y-E-N-G-E-T. And I could totally accept Nenget, Nyenget, which is the right way to do it, Nyenge, if you want to like add some accents to it, it, that would be fine. But this guy is pronouncing Nyenget, and he's saying it Nygard, Nigit. He's saying like just crazy stuff and it's not even the same every lap. So sometimes like, and this guy happens to be like one of the best Norwegian cross-country skiers and distance races, at least at the moment and has been for some of last year and also this year. Like, so it's not like he's an unknown, you know, junior. This is the first time he's ever on the world cup or something like he's a pretty well-known entity out there and to mispronounce his name that badly and to just insert letters that are not even in the name like an r and a d absolutely makes no sense to me it's terrible it's like super distracting it pisses me off endlessly um that was probably the only really bad news that happened though the rest of it was just extremely pleasurable in addition to the us doing really well in the relay 
Jesse Diggins won the women's 10K. U.S. men did pretty well in the men's 10K. The real news, though, is the sponsorships that this race was able to secure. So the, you know, I know when we're like short on content, what else do you do? You focus on the sponsors. We got plenty of content. I just am not that good of a race caller. Um, the So the World Cup is sponsored by Coop, which is a, a Scandinavian grocery store chain that I have had the good fortune to patronize many times. Slurride Podcast will probably be pleased to hear that there is a long distance tour called the Ski Classics, which is sponsored by Visma, a small Norwegian software company. Um, so it's Visma Ski Classics. That's like the, I guess you could kind of call it like the gravel series if you wanted to, even though it still occurs on snow. Um, but it's just longer distance cross-country ski races. So we got Visma in there. We got Coop, the main title sponsor of like the World Cup. And then every race, there are arches over the course sponsored by Le Gruyere, the cheese company. The arches are nothing really special, but they also periodically at seemingly random places along the course put in like big, gigantic, inflatable cheese wheels. They're probably, it's hard to tell from the TV, but they're probably like four to six feet tall. So two to three meters tall for all of our properly European fans. Um, and they're just like a big cheese wheel with a chunk taken out of it. And they look kind of hilarious. They almost look like a big wheel of fortune or something. Uh, so those make me laugh every time. And then this race, which was way up in Sweden, was sponsored by Hikoki, which I had never heard about. And I wouldn't have even known what they made, except for the fact that the main benefit to their sponsorship seems to be that they got to erect a humongous inflatable drill, like a like an impact driver, like a like a power tool, like a cordless power tool was up on top of the course. And I thought this was pretty funny. And now I know what Hikoki makes. So I looked it up and Metabo is the US version of this. It's a Japanese company and they just rebrand it in different company in different countries. Um, I don't know if the tools are any good or not, nor do I really care, but I feel like they missed out on a big opportunity by putting the Hikoki drill like kind of randomly throughout the course. I think it would have been better if they'd put it on the climb so they could say that they're drilling it up the climbs. That would have made me a lot happier, I think. Um, so the other thing that I would like to report on that I doubt will come up in any other cross-country ski podcast, and if it does, I really will be disappointed, is that on the start line of the men's relay race, so in cross-country skiing, you can put two relay teams in. So Sweden had two men's relay teams. The US had two men's relay teams. I'm sure some others did as well, if I'd like really looked at the start list carefully and there was just such a joyful moment on the start line so we've got going first for the u.s ben ogden and i'm pretty sure i haven't actually bothered to research this i'm trying to stay true to form here so he's starting off for u.s team one usa one and starting off for usa two is luke jager and so ben ogden because he's usa one is starting further up than luke from usa two and the cameras, they kind of do like a start line camera style thing like they do in cyclocross races where they go look at um, the tires on the start line of every cross race. They don't really look at the skis because from the top, they all look the same. They're just branded differently. But they'll like put the camera right in the racer's face and, you know, you can give a peace sign or a high five or a wave or a smile or something. And Ben Ogden, I'm not sure if he knew the camera was on him, but he he looks over his shoulder and says, 
hey, Luke, how's the weather back there? And it, it just reminded me of exactly the kind of thing that I have said on the start line of like a million cat three cyclocross races, except I'm always in the back and then I'm heckling my friend who's up in the front. So some things never change. It's like the it, it's like the celebs are just like us, like the pro they're just like us here. Um, so that's all the news that I have from this week. Watch the races. They're pretty good, especially the women's relay. And I will be back with you next week for the next episode of Nordic Corner. Again, this is Nate Chenenko in Rochester, New York. Thanks, everyone. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.